Hello everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 191. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games, and I haven't played a ton of stuff again this week. Like I said, I'm kind of focusing on trying to get projects done at the moment, so, so I'm not playing a ton of new games. Also, there's a lot of stuff that I had kind of lingering around that I'm trying to clean up. The one of the, the a good example of that is the Tozan RPG or climbing RPG, which I put a little bit more time into this week. If you don't know what that is, it's like a a mountain climbing RPG where you hire a group of ice climbers and send them up the mountain and and they got to kind of go up there, fight enemies and then defeat the boss on top. And depending on how much money you have left after your expedition, you get like a ranking. Uh, it's a simple series game and and I streamed it on I think Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or something and and I enjoyed it quite a bit after I figured out how to play that game unfortunately it's it's a game that's kind of hard to find at least on like the English-speaking YouTube somebody playing it um correctly um but uh but I went ahead and took the manual uh and and scanned it and then uh and then translated it and that gave me a good idea of what I should be doing in that game so so I've been I've been having fun putting time into that so so I'll probably talk about that again in the future whether that be as a casual review or on the podcast probably we'll have a casual review for that um and then also I beat the Left 4 Dead 2 Last Stand uh campaign so pretty happy about that we were able to finish it on Expert um, basically what the key was in that is, um, if you don't know how Left 4 Dead 2 works, typically there's like a, um, it, zombies kind of come in waves in that game. So you'll, they'll come in like a spurt, you kill them all, and then they'll come in another spurt after that, you'll kill them all and things like that. And, and then sometimes there'll be just zombies kind of lingering around and you can just shoot them. Um, but, but in the case of this finale and, and the, the last stand, the zombies kind of come at a consistent pace. It's like a, not a big group of zombies, but it's just like a couple zombies all, uh, one at a time, basically. And they just kind of fl- funnel towards you uh consistently so it's really hard to do things like heal up uh anything that requires you to like fill up a bar like like when you're pouring these gas cans into a generator to complete the objective they'll hit you and you'll you'll drop them and things like that so so a big part of it was or at least I think the key to us completing that was just kind of creating a safe space kind of thing uh where we were able to kind of uh, form up, have two people defending to the sides, and then one person kind of hunkered down with the person who's like either healing or or filling the gas can with stuff. So we could really create like a space where we could manage uh, a person and, and give them a, a place that they could do what they need to do. Uh, and then we could kind of rotate people around as we needed to. It, it felt like probably the most complex thing we had to kind of organize <laughs> within that game at this point. And, and I think we had a good time with it. Um, I'm not sure how much more Left 4 Dead 2 we're going to end up playing we did finish crash course on expert i did convince them that we would do that and and it, it was much easier once we had played the rest of the game on expert difficulty um but uh i think i'm pretty much done with left 4 dead 2 at this point but it sounds like the the group i'm playing with might might continue to play more left 4 dead 2 um and i don't necessarily mind that you know i i've definitely stuck around and helped achievement hunt before with them before like with uh, dragon quest heroes 2 uh i i i helped them grind out a bunch of achievements even though i was probably done with dragon quest heroes 2 after about 40 hours uh but then end up putting another like 80 hours into it <laughs> to to help them out admittedly dragon quest heroes 2 had like a a a pretty intensive multiplayer mode and when inten- when i say intensive i should probably say difficult 
um it, it just had these really high difficulty spikes and it's uh it's 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 final encounter so it really required you to do a lot of grinding to kind of uh level your character up and get proper accessories and even though we put in i put in like 100 something hours and they put in like i think over 200 hours it kind of felt like we still were were only scratching the surface of what you could do with that game uh accessories building wise so so you know i think we eventually just kind of gave up at some point we we did everything but the final final downloadable boss fight you could get from the game or online multiplayer boss fight whatever you would whatever you want to call it so so but yeah i don't mind doing that kind of achievement hunting stuff so much but uh but i i think i i personally when it comes to multiplayer stuff i'm ready to move on uh i'm definitely in the mood for like an action rpg kind of thing um i think that's part of why when i picked up final fantasy 15 comrades recently i was like oh man I'm having a great time with this. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to... I've, I've been trying to recruit some people into the Final Fantasy 15 comrades. Uh, 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 I don't know what you would want to call it. Initiative? <laughs> uh, to play with me. I, I have someone who's interested and someone I might be able to to rope in. But we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I'm already playing Crystal Chronicles and, and with that Left 4 Dead group. Um, you know... Two, two to three nights a week so so i gotta i would have to kind of make space for that as well so anyways good good times in the multiplayer times uh in terms of what i played on my own this week i went ahead and spent a good chunk of time on the balan wonder world demo um i actually did stream it uh on thursday and if you go look at my stream i think i had a very similar reaction to a lot of people that are having right now uh the the first impression you get from balan wonder world is not great um there there are technical issues with the switch version um um and honestly i'll say about this i think that I played the Switch version for a little bit. I think the technical issues are a little overblown by most people. It feels like a multiplayer Switch version, so it doesn't look great. You know, it's running at like half the frame rate as the PS4 version and stuff like that. So, so I, you know, I think the Switch version is kind of as expected for a we're going to downport this game kind of thing. Uh, but it could definitely be better, right? Uh, the, it's just... Uh, I'm not surprised the Switch version runs how it runs. Um, but there's a lot of issues in terms of just like control issues, you know, the game feeling kind of slippery. Um, there's also only one button input uh, for most actions. Uh, the, the one exception is you can change these costumes. It's, it's kind of like a 3D platformer where you change costumes to get different abilities. But when you switch those abilities, you only have one action or skill with that ability. And sometimes those costumes can really limit what you can do. Like, for example, if you have a, a lizard costume that shoots energy beams out of its mouth, um, it, it, it you can't jump. The only button you have is that button that shoots the energy beams, and then you cannot jump. So you have to switch to another costume that can jump. Uh, but you can end up in situations where if you lose your costume, because if you take damage, you'll lose a costume. Uh, if you end up in a situation where you only have a lizard costume on, you can't remove it and go back to like your neutral form that can jump. Um, and you have to, so you have to go either, you know, either take damage so you get rid of the lizard costume so you can jump again, or you can go get a, go hunt down a new costume that will allow you to jump. So just some weird things like that. Um, some of the user interface I think could be, could be better. And, and the costume swapping thing, it just takes a little too long. You have, like, you have like this spin animation that plays when you, when you transform, it, it just feels a little unnecessary. Um, and I think the big thing is with chapter one specifically is the environment is kind of visually noisy. There's just like it's really dense in the in what they're what they're like showing you visually. And there's a lot of like objects and things like that. But a lot of it is not really relevant to what you're doing. And they also spend a lot of time in that first chapter just kind of placing random crystals for you to pick up around the environment, which 
you know, they, they, they do have a use, but it's not, like, immediately clear. It's basically just, like, you know, coins in a Mario game or Wamba Fruit in, like, a Crash game or something like that, right? Um, but it's just it, it's just a little bit excessive to, to, to have to collect them in that first area specifically. Um, but if you if you get enough of the, the golden statues in that chapter one uh, in the demo, it does unlock the ability for you to go check out um, chapter four and chapter six. And I will say chapter four and chapter six do feel like an improvement on the level design quite a bit. It's a lot more visually simplistic, um, but but I think it, it adds a lot of focus to the environment you're able to kind of navigate around and and interact with. And it makes it more clear where the paths are that you should be exploring to find like the extra balance statues, which are kind of like, you know, stars in a Mario game or something like that. Not not one to one, but basically. Um, and and I think those are are definitely the better levels and if you do decide to play the battle and wonder world demo i highly recommend going and checking out chapter four and chapter six because i think that gives you a better idea of what that game's trying to do it's honestly kind of like kirby and the amazing mirror in some ways um where basically uh it seems like you know other than complete like the resources to complete a level are there in that individual level but if you want to go get extra uh balance statues and things like that um you or collectibles um, you will need to go take costumes from one world and bring them to another world, but you can only hold three costumes at once. So, so you need to like, make sure you don't take damage while wearing that costume or you don't override it with another costume. So you need to kind of carry costumes from, from one world to another. And it reminds me how in the Kirby and the amazing mirror, how you had to get a power up from one area on the, on the, the overworld and take it all the way to another area. Kirby and the amazing mirror is such a weird game. Honestly, I, I personally do not like Kirby and the amazing mirror. I I remember having a lot of frustration with trying to bring um, power-ups from one side of the world to another. Um, but I think in Battle and Wonder World, the, the ability for you to have multiple costumes and 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 the game just generally being overall more easy uh, than than I feel like Kirby the Amazing Mirror um, was. Admittedly, it's been a very long time since I played Amazing Mirror. Um, I I feel like that it, it's just it's not nearly as frustrating. Um, and I, I like in this game that there are very clear. Um, ways you can solve like platforming puzzles and things like that with certain costumes. Um, but they do allow you to use other costumes to, uh, to complete your goals. So, so one thing I did was, uh, there was a statue that's kind of floating out. And what we have to do is you have to like ride this platform out there. And then it seems like, I don't know what costume it is, but there, there seems like there's a costume that kind of allows you to extend your reach further and go grab some stuff that's floating in the air, then come back to where you were before. That's my best guess is what that costume may or may not be. But what I was able to do was I was able to um, run like go play through the entire level and get to the top of the level and then when you're looking down you can see the rest of the level and I was able to use the sheep costume to float all the way down to this golden statue pick it up and then float back over to the the start of the level and I just played through the level again so I could bring it up to the top so it was like a way that I could get that statue without having the intended uh route and I feel like there there are a couple um couple of instances I found of that throughout the game and I and I'm glad that game has that flexibility to allow you to do that I think there are a lot of costumes in this game which might be why they kind of limit what you can do with them to make sure that you know you're only using them for these specific purposes rather than you know holding on to a single costume the entire game um but but it does it just i don't know i i think there is something kind of annoying as well about like oh i am like halfway through this level and i have to bring the the gear 
costume that has like a gear on your your waist so you can go and and basically move this this platform around using this gear kind of thing and that's like the only reason why you need that costume in that level so you have to like leave the level go get that go from the other and then then come back from that other world bring it back into that level and then use that gear costume there like i i think there's a little bit of backtrackingness and um and and kind of tediousness that, that kind of comes with that but again it was only the demo so so maybe maybe things are improved um i i i don't know i didn't check to see if there's an official release somebody told me it might be march this year and then i also saw somebody say it's only listed for 2021 so i don't really know what's going on but um in terms of release but i do think it's a game that that probably could use a bit more polish uh, especially on the technical side the playstation 4 version i think generally runs well but there are some hiccups here and there there are some just like really weird choices too like the npcs disappear when you get close to them for some reason and i think the intention is that supposed to be they're kind of like this ghostly effect to some to, to some extent i don't really know for sure if that's what they're going for i guess that's the kind of the thing is like like the npcs disappear but it's not really clear why they disappear when you get close to them so it's just kind of odd to see and the way they disappear is not in a way that feels like like they don't have like an effect or anything like that when they disappear they just kind of fade out of existence it's it's, it's, it's a strange thing um but anyways I, I i i do think that um that this game probably could benefit from from a bit more polish and and thankfully i think a lot of the game's problems outside of the chapter one just being kind of visually noisy um really could be solved by some minor changes things like you know making it so every costume has the option to jump um making it so some of the user interface is cleaner as well as uh you know the costume swapping you know probably don't need to have your character like spin around every time you switch a costume right just make them flash in a glow of light and and use the other costume kind of thing but i'm gonna pick this up either way i'm pretty sure and and sit down and play through it um you know i i will say i enjoyed what i spent uh spent my time in the demo with uh, i actually unlocked two additional levels uh that are not in the demo and it's pretty funny because when you go to go to those levels they just kick you back to the title screen basically <laughs> it's like it's not even like a thanks for playing it's just like oh you no get out no you're not supposed to see this <laughs> i don't know there's something i mean obviously it's, it's intended to work that way it's just kind of funny how i don't know how kind of tacked on that part is oh one thing i do want to talk about with that game i forgot and I, something i should really mention is you know this is a yuji naka game um so nights into dreams uh rodea the sky soldier things like that it, it is very very apparent that's the case um it's really funny at the end of like the first boss fight there's like a uh there's like a musical number that plays and your character dances around and it's like hey, this is this is good this is all right this is what i want out of this like sega era style game from yuji naka right um but there's these little things called the tims which are basically like the, the chows in that game um or or you could also think of these what are those things in knights i forget what they're called the the nighttopians Itopians? I don't, I don't know what they're called, but they're like little pets that basically walk around and those, those little crystals you collect are the, what you feed to them. And they, they kind of build, or you kind of use them to like build this structure in the hub world kind of thing. But it's pretty fun. Just like how much detail they put into the Tims. They just are, they're really cute in how they move around the noises they make when they eat the, the gems you give them, they make like little beep, 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 beep noises while they like bite on them. It's, it's pretty cute. Um, and then when you're in the levels, you actually have Tims following you around too. Like the game starts and there's just like five Tims following you. And, and like, it's, it's not very apparent while you're playing, but sometimes you'll just be playing and you'll just see a Tim attack an enemy and it'll just stun the enemy for a second. And like, that's really cute. Um, and then also they'll just go and grab items and bring it over to you. So it's like come over there with like an egg and be like, Hey, I got an egg for you. <laughs> it's like, Oh, thank you for the egg. 
fake it up. It's it's really cute. It's it's just not really um. It's more like a a nice little attention to detail than it is like a core mechanic. Like it took me uh, like a couple hours of playing that to notice that the Tims actually attacked enemies. Um um. But yeah, it's just like a cute little thing that they added on a very Yuji Naka kind of thing. Gotta play more Yuji Naka games. I I I I was thinking recently about um. Uh, Let's Catch. This is something we tried to stream at one point, and that game is very much not a stream game. I'm glad that I did not try to play that any further on stream and moved on. Um, but I do want to sit down and play Let's Catch through at some point, which if you don't know what that is, basically it's just a game where you play catch with kids in the neighborhood, and you just kind of have conversations with them while you're throwing the ball back and forth. It's it's kind of, it seems very indie game-ish. <laughs> um, and it definitely, it was a WiiWare game, so I guess you could definitely see it. But um, but I I think I want to sit down and spend time with that. I, p- I picked it up when it was on, on when, when the WiiWare was still online, so I was able to purchase it. Um, so I just need to sit down and spend time with it. I imagine it's not that long of a game, though, so... Oh, one other note I want to make is I played the uh, Switch version of, of Balan and Wonderworld with the Joy-Con battery packs that I had mentioned a few weeks ago. And I do think those Joy-Con battery packs really help with giving the Joy-Cons uh, some extra grip. Um, and and I, I think I'm probably going to, from now on, use those whenever I just use the Joy-Cons. I think for a while, unless something changes, I will try to use those Joy-Con grips instead of the Pro Controller anytime I play a Switch game just because I want to... Um, I don't know. I I I, I want to play with them more. I love I love the Wii Remote and Nunchuck separation, and the Joy Cons are really disappointing to me. So to to be able to give them some extra girth, so I can like hold on to them more. Um, is girth the right word? <laughs> extra. I don't know. Circumference to the Joy. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. Some extra grip in space. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um uh, yeah whatever i'm gonna get out of this conversation now <laughs> um uh, in terms of news this week um I'm, I'm gonna give quick update to the ocarina of time stuff if you don't follow that stuff it's been kind of interesting um the 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 maps that they're able to get out of that prototype that we talked about last week um they've been being able to populate that with actors and things like that so we're having to or they're putting People who are data mining the game are starting to create, um, you know, dungeons based off the space world demo and things like that, and like using the actor placements in those in those maps to to try to accurately recreate those. So I'll link some of the videos of that in the um in the the podcast description, um and and um yeah, it's it's neat. Like like obviously you don't care about Ocarina of Time, that's a whole thing, but like like being able to see what the the Deku tree looked like in 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 September of 1997, and and be able to solve puzzles in it in a way that we can basically get a new dungeon from for Ocarina of Time in it is is is, is a very cool thing. Uh, I saw there was somebody who's bringing in like the old uh, beta versions of the Kukiri Forest Kids character models, which if you haven't seen, look drastically, di- well, I don't want to say drastically different than the later game, but they had more variety between them. Like the characters had more of a unique um, look to them for each of them rather than just more generic NPC kind of look to them. So so seeing some of that stuff get, get brought back in the game too has been very cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to whatever this comes turns into at the very end when when they eventually take all these things and put them together and make a, a recreational space world demo. Um, I, I think I'll definitely spend the time to, to put some time into that. Hopefully something I can like inject into a, a, the virtual console or something. I don't have a Nintendo 64 EverDrive or anything like that. I probably should at some point, but I have enough Nintendo 64 games that I that I don't really need and ever drive at this point. But I, I imagine things like that Goemon game on 64. I don't know what the price of that is yet, but uh, you know, if I wait long enough, it might just make more sense to buy an EverDrive than it does to to buy the Goemon game or whatever. But Mystical Ninja, that's what it's called in the U.S. 
Um, and then there was a, a new trailer for uh, a new Love Nikki game. Uh, I think it's called Shining Nikki. Yeah, Shining Nikki. And unfortunately, they don't really show any gameplay in this. If you don't know what Love Nikki is, it's basically like a dress-up game on mobile phones. So you dress up a character, and then it ranks you, and then you go into like dress competitions and things like that. It's kind of similar to Style Savvy, but but much more focused, I think, on the 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 competition side, where Style Savvy is more about running a business. Um, and and Shining Nikki looks great because Love Nikki was all two D character portraits. They kind of looked like a you know. To some extent, it kind of looked like this flash, like dress up a character paper doll kind of things. Um, it, but you know, it was it it looks good. It was like it, aesthetically, it was a pleasing game. Uh, but, but in this the trailers they've been putting out for this, there's like 3D models and very nice looking 3D models. I'm hoping those are the end game 3D models because like visually it looks great. They also have like I feel like a more at least when I played Love Nikki, it seems it feels like a more distinct or diverse style of clothing. There's one cl- outfit that was like more of like a sci-fi fantasy star online kind of outfit kind of thing, which I thought was was nice. Um, but yeah. I want to see more of what that is. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be mobile only, so that means I'm probably not going to play it. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I'm glad that that's, that that game is evolving, and and I hope that Shining Nikki succeeds. And maybe someday we'll get like a Switch release of a Nikki game, and I can I can play that instead. <laughs> um, for now, I'll just need to play Icotsy when I get to that, or or finish up Happy Dance Collection. That's what I really need to do, actually. Um, and then I saw the uh, some multiplayer for the that Resident Evil Reverse thing. If you don't know what that is, basically alongside a more recent announcement of the Resident Evil 8 Village uh, trailer, which I watched and it looks fine. I, I don't really have anything to say about Resident Evil 7 8 at this this point. Um, but the, the multiplayer thing they announced, the Resident Evil Reverse, is a, um, I think it's like a three-on-three multiplayer mode thing. Uh, I didn't read the details too closely, but I was watching the gameplay for it, um, like some of the beta gameplay. And it basically looks like a, a thing where it's like a competitive multiplayer map. Um, and then you kind of go around and you're, you're, you play as the main characters. And it, it, it looks built on like the Resident Evil 2 remake engine. And so it's like a third person shooter and you shoot each other. So it looks it looks janky in the way that like Resident Evil 6 multiplayer kind of looks janky. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I thought it looks pretty fun just because it does look and feel different than your traditional shooter. It's definitely a lot more stiff and it means you have to like be a lot more... Um, careful with your movement, I feel like, and 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 like when you're going to take time to stop and aim and shoot versus like a normal shooter where you can kind of c- keep moving if you want to. I mean, obviously you can kind of stop, like poke somebody and then run. Um, but in, but in case of Resident Evil, it, there's definitely more deliberateness to the movement. I feel like. Um, and then once you die, you turn into a a a, a monster in the game, and and then you go around and you you fight that way. So you, you kind of go back and forth between being a person with a gun and being some kind of zombie variant, and then going back to being a person with a gun, things like that. Um, it it looked fun. I, I liked how it looked. I will say it doesn't look as neat as like Resident Evil Six's multiplayer does. If you haven't looked up Resident Evil Six multiplayer, you really should. It is a fantastic um dance of rolling and sliding and and all the good stuff that that game has like some crazy movement in it which is is very cool and unfortunately the single player doesn't really ask you to use that movement too much but but in the multiplayer um aspect it's really funny to like see people like sliding around the floor and then they kill people by sliding into and things like that it's 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 really entertaining so so yeah and that's kind of it for this week um, for, for news and gameplay stuff. So thanks for coming. Um, in terms of what's coming up, uh, this week I put out a, or last week I put out a El Shaddai article on the website. Uh, it's about the fan 
event thing that came out of the El Shaddai trailer that was shown at E3 uh, in 2010. It's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like a like a Comic Cat kind of event kind of thing, or 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 like an Artist Alley kind of thing. If you're thinking about like conventions in the West, um, the article's kind of all over the place because it wasn't really intended to be about that in the first place. But uh, but I had fun putting building it, putting it together, and building it out. And you know, it was the first written article I've done in a long time on the website, so I enjoyed it. So if you didn't get the chance to look at that, um, I'd recommend looking into it. You know, if only because it's really interesting. The event itself is really interesting. Um, and then this upcoming week, so tomorrow by the time you're by the time you're hearing this on the YouTube, although if you're on the podcast, you know this goes up on Sunday night sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> um, 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 the Valkyrie Revolution uh, review is going to go up on, on Tuesday. Um, so that will be up on the website then. And then I just finished editing up the Xenoblade Chronicles X casual review. Um, so that's probably going to go up in the next week after Valkyrie Revolution. Um, so that will be there. And then from there, I'm not quite sure what the more immediate plans will be. Um, I think I'm going to take the time to work on the Billy Hatcher review. And, and I, I got most of that script done, or at least the last time I looked at it, it looked nearly done. You know, you know how I am. I could go back and look at it and be like, oh, this is all garbage. Let me start all over. <laughs> um, but I feel like from where I, where I left it off, it was, it was in pretty good shape. So I, I think that should come together pretty quickly. And then I'll see if I can get that ready for March. Um, but if not, we'll, we'll, we'll get it out in April or something. And I've been ke keeping some other things in mind as well. There's some, some videos that I didn't quite get to last year that I do basically have the materials to do and the knowledge to do. I just have to actually spend the time to write it and put it out. So, so that's been on my mind too. And then, uh, and then just cleaning up some of these are, or these games that I have laying around too. Um, so we'll have an alleyway casual review at some point. I'm sure we'll have the Tozan RPG casual review. And then uh, once I'm done with the Tozan RPG, I'll have to get back to, um, I don't know what I'll get back to next. Probably Happy Dance Collection. I feel like that's that's more on my mind than anything else. So, And then uh, for the stream, you know, we're still playing uh, Industrial Spy Operation Espionage. I will say the last stream, I also had to use a guide to get through. I hope that doesn't become a trend in that game because I would hate that the last three streams of that game just be me staring at a GameFAQs guide. I don't think that's how I want to stream that game <laughs> or or play it per se, but I also feel like we're so invested in it at this point that we, I just want to push through it and finish it up. But it's unfortunate. That game definitely um, has a soft spot, or I have a soft spot for that game in my heart, um, but there are a lot of problems with that game and how it communicates to the player um, information, and, and I will probably be very critical of it if I do a casual review. And then probably also be like, oh, but oh my god, I love this game, please. <laughs> please understand, this game's really cool, but also it's a nightmare to play at times. <laughs> so, those are the fun reviews. <laughs> Just trying to justify why this game is really cool, even though it's got a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControllerPort.com is the website. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be streaming again on Thursday at 7pm Pacific Time. I hope you have a great week. Bye.